Disclaimer. This podcast is brought to you by two extremely awkward lifelong friends who started a business together. This is their podcast. I'm Steven. And I'm Spencer. Welcome to Ragnarok Cast, your podcast for all things marketing and MarTech. Hello, everyone. We're, We're the, the co-CEOs of Ragnarok. I'm Steven, and I do all things product and services. And I do all things operational and people-related. This is our only our second episode, so if you're new to the podcast, you haven't missed much. Today with us, we have Kat, our creative director, joining us all the way from Florida. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Happy to be on. For today's fluffy segue, that's what my notes say. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that. I wrote fluffy segue because, you know, marketing. Yes, yes. Fluffy segue. Listen, you got to add a little bit of marshmallowy around that segue there. You know, just pat it out. Like, I should be able to run straight at that thing and just get absorbed into it. I mean, I like to think that I'm, you know, I'm camping. I'm I'm up at uh, Lake Saranac like I do uh, every year in the summer. And, uh, you know, I take a little segue and I put it uh, with some chocolate and some graham crackers. And I slap that bad boy over a fire on my own little camping island that I'm on. And my dogs are running around and I... Uh, I just segue right into the next segment there. You know, I was a Girl Scout troop leader, and I think I've eaten more than my fair share of s'mores that I have not eaten one since my daughter quit Scouts. But how many segues have you eaten? Not a single one. And you don't call it s'mores? No, because it's some There's no H in s'mores. It's (laughs) s'mores. Like, is it like a s'more, like a schmear? Like you put it on a bagel? You just want s'more, so it's a s'more. Well, for the record, there's no ancient s'more. Bringing us back home, away from the fluffiness into the land of concrete topics. Kat, this first question's uh, directed towards you, and then, you know, Stephen, uh, if you have any follow-ups to that. You know, most people in marketing know that landing pages are a central part of middle funnel marketing, uh, but not a lot of people are using strategy, data collection, or even form builders effectively. Kat, from a creative and marketing perspective, where do you think people go wrong? You know, it's just, they get boring. You know, you go and you, they're driving all the same traffic to the same exact website, so the same exact experience. So, All that effort you've gone into crafting a specialized campaign, you know, like it's a promo campaign or it's a sale on swim trunks or something like that. But then they just go to your main website. You don't end up on the special like swimsuit page or anything like that. You know, that's where it falls flat and, you know, there's no personalization, you know, once you click through. You want to see on your website, on your landing page, what you saw in the app. So it just like brings you back there. So you just know that where your click through is where it needs to go. You know, overall, landing pages can increase the effectiveness of your brand storytelling because it's all sort of this seamless like visual process. Yeah. And, you know, if you want to sort of think about the you know, what is the effectiveness of that? G- generally speaking, people who sort of go through an experience who uh, who expect w- or, or see what they expect are more likely to convert as opposed to those who are sort of surprised and like, oh, I clicked on swim trunks and now I'm looking at your winter collection. This is not where I intended to land. Uh, so even that can have a real impact on the revenue, of course, the conversion of that customer experience. I mean, even that, I think that ties into the theme of trust, in order to succeed, like uh, the cookieless world that we've entered, not lying to your customers is the way to go. I don't like that phrase, cookieless, because I myself am a am a big cookie monster. You know, All right, as you know, you know, I do a good chocolate chip cookie over a birthday I... cake any day. You know. Oh yeah, 
I just went ahead and bought like a big tub of those mini chocolate chip cookies from Costco oh. last night. So they are waiting for me after this recording. We were actually at a birthday party the other night and someone had bought cookies for him because he couldn't eat the cake. We got our gluten-free man over here. I'll let him proselytize you on that on another on another episode. But uh, he realized there were cookies and he goes, wait, there's cookies? His <laughs> wife was uh, purposely hiding them from him so that he wouldn't eat too many of them all at once. So he's not lying. He is a cookie monster. <laughs> Very smart. But, you know, the thing is, is I couldn't accept the cookies because they were hidden from me. So, you know, it's all just a big metaphor for our web browsing experience. <laughs> yep. Okay. So when we land on a landing page, when we click through the landing page as a customer, what do we want to see? I mean, you know, there's the obvious. You're like, oh, I like this shirt. I want to see the shirt. And bonus, I like the color and there's now a bunch of suggested items for me, or there are some things I could mix and match with the shirt. So, you know, you want your visual experience to be enhanced by what grabbed you, whether you saw it on like Instagram or TikTok or whatever. So that upper funnel, it takes you through and and you see what you want to see, or you're selling an informative program and there's an informative video about what that program is. Those are all great. They get to the point. They do what they're supposed to do, but it doesn't always capture the, the leads if my kids bug me and now I have to go ahead and make dinner and I don't complete my process. But some things that where you get there like, oh, tell us your style. What's your fitness goal? Like those type of questions, it can help collect valuable insights about your customer's goals, their preferences, and it all just allows brands to target what are some great products that maybe they didn't know they wanted, but are still part of your line. And, you know, it's the added bonus of getting to educate your brand and what happens after that. You should be sorry, Kat. You should be sorry for flubbing your word. I know. You know what? I have so many abandoned cart emails. It works. I think when you're talking about these kind of landing page experiences, these fun things, these uh, spin the wheels, you know, play a little bit of Jeopardy or Wheel of Fortune, you know, on your way into a page, these sort of um, I like to I like to think of them as like kind of interactive experiences or like little games that you're playing. Yeah. You know, it's all to me, it's all about that. Again, if I'm shopping for swim trucks, probably the last thing I want to do is spin a bunch of wheels, find out what my discount is, and finally figure out what, what shorts you got for me there. Or Speedos, you know, I'm, I'm sort of trying out You're some progressive, new stuff. You're progressive, man, yeah. I'm progressing. Um, <laughs> it's kind of funny, you know, because I was, I was actually thinking about this recently where, um, you know, you go into the public pool here in New York City, the old YMCA, or just the Y, you know, if you want to be cool. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the speedo to trunk ratio, you know, if you were to lay out a graph, right, the sort of top of your graph is, think of that as, I'm going to use the word skimpiness in the uh, <laughs> in, in, in the level of, uh, of coverage you have, you know, with speedo being at the top and trunks being at the bottom. You're talking about like, like, like directional top and bottom. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, the leftmost of your graph being, you know, the youngest age that, that you could show up at the Y and the right side being the oldest, you're going to find that that graph, you know, just makes a nice diagonal line all the way to the top, right? The older you get, the skimpier your clothes get at the, at the good old Y. Going by that logic, that means that if a newborn 
where to go swimming, they would be wearing pants at the pool. You know, some of them have they those do. nice onesies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, like I, I'm going to say this. You know, uh, Stephen, you're probably going to want to do this to your to your baby girl. Is that you're going to end up? She's going to be in like a whole wetsuit. You know fully covered on like her arms, her legs, full zip up. So she just doesn't get sunburned. So with that logic, yes, Spencer, the baby will be completely covered head to toe. And meanwhile, I'm in a G string, you know, because I'm nearing (laughs) my. uh... Or like that Borat onesie. Yeah, that's a good one. (laughs) And I guess when you die, they just throw you naked into the pool. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. I mean ashes to ashes, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> moving on. Full circle, guys. Uh, <clears throat> um, so, you know, as I was saying, all these spin the wheel exercises, these kind of, you know, fill in the blanks, these sort of interactive experiences, you know, that reckons me back to, you know, a good friend oh, of it mine. Reckons oh, it, just, it reckons me back. Oh, it reckons me back. I'm reckon- just a Oh, the old days when I was a... Uh, marketer <laughs> you know what's so funny is that reckon is like a word that gets thrown around very casually oh, in the south and not just by old people well the reckoning <laughs> has come all right go ahead yeah you know i was uh, as i reckon here you know i'm thinking of my good friend here uh rishi you know rishi from digio and a shameless plug here because i just love rishi he is just one of the the nicest people there ever was just a genuine sweetheart um, and he has a, a business called Digio. And when I think about, you know, the work that they're doing to kind of build these interactive experiences and build landing pages that are, they sort of serve a, a complex, more enterprise customer, but they can also sort of peel it back and be a little bit more simpler. You know, I think the stuff that he's doing is really, really interesting, right? Which is to say, you know, here's some templates, here's some ideas that you can go to kind of make these not boring landing pages, make them really, really easy to spin up really focus on the data collection piece of that. As you were saying, Kat, you know, I've got all these abandoned card emails or I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, chasing kids. I don't have the ability to run back and forth and fill out an entire form, but, you know, I'll spin a wheel, get a discount, throw in an email. Maybe I'll go to the next experience and having just this really seamless way to kind of daisy chain these landing page experiences without it feeling like it's a whole big build exercise. So, I think the work that he's doing super, super interesting. He showed me some stuff recently about some of the advanced analytics that he's putting behind it. So just a kind of like a well thought out kind of plug and play product there. So I'll just shamelessly plug our good friend there, Rishi at Digio, because he's just doing some great work. Yeah, Rishi, you don't have to pay us for that. We're, uh, you, we get, you got the one gratis from us. But yeah, if anybody's <laughs> interested, uh, Digio.com. That's yes. D-I-G-I-O-H.com. Dot C-O-M. See, there's an H in Digio, and there's one in Schmore. I always wondered if the company name was based off of Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah, like, Rishi's I, actually I, a huge I, Yu-Gi-Oh! You had fan. that thought, too. I also thought that, too, because I felt like it was, like, do you remember there was also Digimon? There was Digimon and Digimon. Yu-Gi-Oh! They all Digital came out monsters. after Pokemon. So I was like, is it Yu-Gi-Oh! and Digimon, like, combined? And it became Yes. Wow, it all makes sense now. <laughs> now I can just picture Rishi going, ha ha Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh! Just, like, here with the, the whole, like, the cards are just fli- flicking out. Maybe that's part of it, is the little cards that you have that are, like, pop-ups. They're all the, Ooh. they're basically Yu-Gi-Oh! cards. It all comes full circle. You got a blue eyes white dragon. <laughs> you know, Rishi is going to now send us a deck of Digimon cards yeah. and and uh, and Yu Gi Oh cards after this, and just say like, "Thanks, guys, really appreciate the plug." 
<laughs> Actually, he's yeah. going to have no clue what this is and be like, oh, God, yeah. what, what are they telling you? He's, like, they he's like, what did I do? What did I do? Like, I went ahead and named my company after a bunch of nerdy things I don't know anything about. <laughs> so, you know, we've been talking about a lot about the lead up to landing pages, the experience on the landing page. But what are we doing with the, the actual data that we're collecting on the landing page? And, you know, what are some cool ways that we can use it? Yeah, so this kind of goes back to what I like to call the Ragnarok theory of micro-segmentation, which is Ragnarok theory because I just keep espousing it constantly all the time, which is you can kind of use this point of collection, you know, and, and a bunch of other stuff to create different sort of behavioral cohorts kind of based on what they're telling you, right? So you've got what they filled out in the form, you call that, you know, zero-party data or first-party data. So they, they gave you, like, this is explicitly me telling you this. And then you have all the intent data of everything that they did while they were on that landing page. Like, did they spin the wheel? Did they refresh the page and spin the wheel again, hoping for a bigger discount? Did they do it a third time, a fourth time? Things that kind of give you a little bit more of an insight into the motivation of the person that you're trying to interact with here. Combine that with things like, what did they tell us about themselves? And, you know, what channel did they come from? You can combine all this together and sort of create a sort of grouping or a segment, or I like to call it micro-segment, because it's not like a true segment. It's too narrowly defined to be that. But something like, here are people who are eager for discounts because they spun the wheel more than once. They've given us their information fairly quickly, hoping to get that discount code. And they immediately went into the shopping experience. I say, okay, well, I have a level of intent here combined with the information that they gave me. I'm going to call this the discount hungry cohort. Then you sort of look at the opposite end of that. I have people who this is their third time landing in sort of a landing page experience that I'm hosting. The only reason I know it's the third time is because I have the same device ID from that person that I would have had each time they came back. On the third time, they finally gave me their email or their their phone number. And as I go to market them, I sort of see this as like the passive customer that maybe needs a little bit more information to help them along their, their purchasing journey. So I'm going to treat those as two completely separate different experiences on the discount one. I might uh, rush forward a little bit on uh, on serving them the discount and getting them to sort of funnel that savings into an immediate purchase. Whereas with my sort of passive customer, I might spend a lot more time educating them and warming them up to the concept of my brand or my product uh, or my experience or my healthcare or whatever I'm providing, give them some differentiators, kind of help them through the decision-making process, and then see if that yields a bigger conversion than, say, just serving them with a, a sort of blanket discount that I'm not seeing the intent signal for. And a lot of that stuff that Stephen was talking about, like the data, is just what it's really cool is that we also learn how we move forward with even changing our visuals and our messaging based off of their behaviors, their demographics. So then we adjust how our visual strategy for both the lower funnel, you know, emails, remarketing, but also if we are doing paid media remarketing as well, so that we can go ahead and put specialized things that, oh, wow, we are performing really well with, you know, women over 40. So we're just going to go ahead and, and change that. Or we are performing really well with people under 20. And so it gets lighter, maybe gets a little bit more chaotic. I think that uh, that unhinged approach to marketing is working well with the younger demographic. And maybe we'll try that too. How else we would remarket them to email, it just kind of comes full circle. Like, so your entire campaign can be far more focused. So when you say unhinged, do you mean like like all the drunk bros that come to the city for SantaCon where they fight each other in the street, like that kind of unhinged or? No, I'm talking about like 
people using like Shrek in their TikToks? Have you seen like Shrek in a latex bodysuit dancing over the building? <laughs> oh, yeah, I yeah, our intern Avery sent it to me and she asked me to react to it and I put it on our TikTok and I'm like, thanks, Gen Z. Love you guys. <laughs> I saw a TikTok the other day where uh, the intern had been asked to create ads for, a, I think it was a Honda dealership. And it's like management said, you know, not to do anything weird and it has to have the dealership in it. It actually has to relate to cars. And they said, fine. And it's a pan up uh to the honda dealership you're like oh it's just like a like a establishing shot and then there's a giant cat superimposed over the background walking around like godzilla and then it ends yeah (laughs) yeah i was like wait what and i watched it like five times in a row because it was hilarious because it was hilarious yeah so i mean uh just let you know we have i have let our intern (laughs) run wild with the tiktok i'm like you know, why not? Well, they Maybe. technically completed the assignment properly. They, That's she, true. they did she, show the dealership. They did. They even did. if there was a giant cat floating around in the background. What were you going to say, Stephen? A client that we worked with pretty recently. And uh, unfortunately, I have nothing to say about, you know, dealerships and cats walking around. But it was a uh, it was a car company that we were working with as a, you know, <laughs> it's gonna come out you know essentially spencer and i were working with this car dealership through another company that we were working with i think they were the brandon honda or something it was brandon honda brandon honda oh brandon like so like here in central florida yeah Yeah. in central florida and this was i don't know maybe like four years ago or something like that We we were trying to get them to buy a loyalty program from us and so we made up this whole story about the founder of brandon honda whose name was beauregard brandon honda the third and uh and and beauregard was um you know he was an established gentleman in florida and he does not sell you cars he sells you the experience and the luxury of a honda vehicle and uh, we kind of went through this whole, you know, sort of random exercise. Uh, needless to say, the client uh, did not sign up uh, through us, um, <laughs> but we had a great time with it. You know, I'm sure <laughs> that if that client's 23 year old son takes over the business, he would reconsider. <laughs> so I remember I slacked Stephen this whole like uh, origin story of Beauregard, Brandon Honda. Stephen just cackles out loud and he starts going into this whole like out loud without any context to our employees starts just going to this whole like character and everyone's looking around like what is happening right now. And this is when we were in a very small, barely converted hotel room who our uh, technician sailing here, silently standing off to the side. She was there as well back in the old uh, New Yorker hotel days. I, um, I feel like Salem at this point has such a strong muscle in being able to just ignore the things that are going on around uh, around her because of how much <laughs> of this randomness we would do. We're just talking about Speedos and like her face is just like stoic and like, I, I don't even know. Like <laughs> She's like, these crazy guys. Anyway, basically, Beauregard, Brandon Honda was a failure. So I don't know how that was a good case study, but... Well, you know, I mean, I I think you learn a lot from your failures just as much as you learn from your successes, right? Like maybe we don't have Cat Godzilla stomping around in the background of the Honda, but a more recent client that we worked with, when we talk about these sort of landing page experiences, we're talking about all this data collection. You know, when you're getting something really specific, really juicy out of a customer, like say if I'm that car dealership and I'm finding out that, hey, somebody clicked through, but they actually told me that they're interested in an electric car or they care about, you know, a commuting experience or any of those number of things, that's a really solid piece of information that I can take and and do a lot with and sort of create, again, a micro segment that I can drive, you know, to do some interesting experience with. So in the sort of recent customer that I'm thinking of, we were collecting zip code, basic thing, right? Everybody collects zip code. But then what we did is we sort of took that zip code and we created these like MSAs, these like areas about, you know, where you are and 
Uh, and that affected things like what inventory did you have available and what were people in your area buying that could kind of help us create a more sort of tailored and customized experience. This is for a furniture company, by the way. It's just why I'm sort mm-hmm. of saying things like inventory availability and things like that. And, you know, what we had is we ended up creating these sort of micro segments specifically to sort of a few separate areas, one kind of being Florida, where you kind of look at people who are buying uh, from a specific collection that, you know, involves living room uh, furniture, like these sort of uh, sectional sofas was kind of the yeah, big thing. Yeah, bi- like bigger scale things that could never fit into a New York City apartment. Exactly. And then as we sort of went further and closer to the Northeast, we were looking more at like love seats and things like this that were kind of the hot buys that people were doing around your area. And so we were able to kind of create these personalized experiences without even really doing a huge investment in it, right? It was more like extrapolating a zip code into a uh, potential, you know, size of a home that you may have layering that in with whatever other information that we have about you to kind of validate that assumption and then uh, going in and creating the actual experience around that. So just think it's it's interesting, you know, when we talk about these landing pages and things, all the gimmicks that we do are just mechanisms for us to really co- collect a piece of information that we can make a, a better, more personalized experience for you later on. Yeah. And they could always like look good too. You know, you'd mentioned creating, you know, using all of this data to create a landing page specific to an experience. I mean, that's one thing I really like about landing pages also is that you just tailor it to that experience, whether it's you're selling just summer furniture, you know, like all your outdoor furniture or you're promoting a concert or an event. It's something that lives outside of your main website that has that fully personalized experience and that branding of the experience. All right. Well, people, we have to uh, GTFO from our uh, podcast studios rather soon here. But yeah, is there anything that you want to leave our listeners with? I guess just, you know, when it comes to landing pages, strategy and creative got to work hand in hand. It can't just be an art director going off the rails and trying to make something pretty, which I've known many of those in my career. And just think it through before you execute. And my takeaway for everybody is when you go to see Beauregard Brandon Honda, just remember he has a giant cat just stomping around his vehicle yard, breathing fire. I'm going to translate that for you. When you build a landing page experience, make sure that the ad or the email that is leading you there matches with what the user will actually experience when they get to the landing page. When you get to the landing page, it doesn't have to be one size fits all for every customer. You actually have different segments that you want to pick up. So make sure that you're not leaving anything on the table there. Down the line, once you actually have all that data, you can use that in different ways with different people to make sure that, again, that for your passive or more skeptical people, that you're not scaring them off. And then for your eager beavers, you know, they want to buy right away. Don't put all these steps in there. Just let them go in and get their discount after spinning the wheel. All right. Well... Uh, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast network. Find us on LinkedIn and also head over to RagnarokMarketing.com. Subscribe to our email newsletter for more marketing and MarTech thought leadership. And thank you, Kat, for joining us on the show. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Kat. Oh, yeah. Been, I, I, I'm so thoughtless. You're thoughtful oh, now. I'm thoughtful now. I mean, I'm here. I mean, you can't really see me. That's true. Right? So, Sailing again. you know, I just you just see the back of a laptop and <laughs> sailing can see me <laughs> you don't want to see us we're we're weird looking anyway yeah super weird yeah it's fine all right thanks everybody Wait, speak for yourself i think i'm pretty decent looking <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm looking at you right now and i think you look pretty weird man you know what 
I agree. I am weird looking. Thank you, man. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.